Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in the series we're doing called Naturally Supernatural. And in this series, we're, we're looking at Jesus as our model for life and ministry. And uh, uh, we've said this, and we'll continue to say that Jesus is humanity as God intended it to be. And um, over this series now, we're into part number 12, um, we've talked about uh, the, the fact that the, the resources that were available to Jesus to live a naturally supernatural life are available to us. And those resources are prayer and the Word and the Holy Spirit. And we've also talked at length about the fact that we're called to do what he did. That's what it means to be naturally supernatural. And that in order to do what he did, we need to think like he thought, see like he saw, serve like he served, and love like he loved. And so we've looked at a lot of encounters throughout the Gospel of John in talking about that part of the concept. As I said we, we started in John 3, we saw him encounter Nicodemus, who was a very um, uh, religious person and a, and a political leader who um, was really sort of would have prided himself in his works, and Jesus had to minister to him and say that wasn't enough, that, that he, he would still need the grace of God in order to be in relationship with him. Um, and then in the next chapter in John 4, we saw him encounter the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. And uh, she was someone, who, the opposite of Nicodemus, who uh, knew that she was a sinner. And, and what Jesus did was minister grace to her by letting her know that, that God saw her as a person of value and wanted her as a worshiper. Uh, in John 5, we saw the encounter at the Pool of Bethesda with the invalid, who no one had seen for years, no friends, no one there to help him, but Jesus saw him and ministered to him, and he was healed, and then Jesus pursued him and said, and then there's something even better than that, and that's in relationship with God. In John 6, we talked about the feeding of the 5,000, and we saw Jesus working not only with a big group, but with his disciples, trying to develop in them a heart of compassion saying that, look, it's not enough that you guys have figured out how to feed yourselves. You need to share. You need to, to be concerned with these people as well. In John 8, we talked about uh, the woman who had been caught in adultery, and we saw the importance of seeing the beauty of people's potential. That's what Jesus saw. And then, and then again in John 9, we talked about the man born blind and, and the importance of walking in the light of grace and not in, in the darkness of um, what the Pharisees had been walking in, this, this judgmental, critical um, thing that, that turned people away from God. Then we moved into encounters that Jesus had with his disciples at the Last Supper, and we spent a couple weeks talking about, first about the foot washing and how life is found in serving, and then we spent another uh, week uh, talking about communion and the elements of communion and the, and the analogies and the pictures of communion uh, to uh, being the bride of Christ and him being the bridegroom and him going away and preparing a place for us and coming back for us. And we talked about the feasts and how all those things begin to tie together and, and what that looks like. Very important stuff, and I would encourage you, again, if you didn't get a chance to, to watch super, uh, Naturally Supernatural 9 uh, and, and probably 10 in the process to, to work through all those things. Again, they're very foundational, important parts of what we do. Last week, we, we moved into John 15, and we, uh, or two weeks ago, we talked about the vine and the branches and developing fruit and what that looked like. And then last week, we talked about the work and the, uh, and the person of the Holy Spirit and his ministry in us and what that looks like as, as one of the resources uh, we have available to us is the Holy Spirit and all that he does. Well, today we're going to look at another of those resources as we move on into John 17, and we're going to talk about prayer. 
today. Let's do the scripture reading first. John 17, uh, verses 1 through 3. This is out of the NIV. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Now, Jesus models for us the importance of prayer. Um, throughout the Gospels, we see him getting away to pray, connecting with God in prayer. Um, his prayer life was such that his disciples said, teach us to pray like you do, because he, they knew there was something different in that life. And, and just as it was in, in, in the life of Jesus, prayer needs to be a foundation in our lives. Prayer is an expression of our love for God. Prayer is a reminder of our dependence on God. Prayer is a fruit that's produced in a life of humility. Prayer is taught, modeled, and encouraged by Jesus. It should be of the highest priority in our lives, and yet it often becomes one of the lowest priorities. Our busy lives and the constant noise and distractions of our lives often keep us from prayer. Prayer becomes something that we do quickly over a meal, or maybe, you know, we remember just as we sleep and we do a now I lay me down to sleep kind of prayer. Um, and, and it seems sometimes that, that there's just not enough time in our lives to allow for prayer. Interestingly, though, and, and we've touched on this, and we'll continue to touch on this, um, all of us seem to have enough time in our lives to worry. And, and this is what we keep having to get back to. Now, I, I was uh, talking about this with Douglas. He says, I've, I've heard this sermon before. And I said, yeah, you have in different ways. You've heard it lots and lots and lots before. And, and when, when I'll stop preaching this sermon is when we all get it. <laughs> so when we get done with worry, I won't have to do this sermon anymore. But we ain't there yet. So, so we need to keep looking back at it. We need to keep you know, plugging into it. We need to be reminded of, of the importance of prayer and how important and how, how valuable it is, what a wonderful thing it is, and yet it's easy to get sidetracked. And, and, and see, in our culture, the problem is this. In, in our culture, I would say that the hallmarks of our culture, culture now are worry and fear. It's, it's, it's just what's it's, it's on us all the time. And out of that, we've become what we've decided somehow culturally the most important thing that we can aspire towards is safety and security. And if you start looking at everything, everything is about being safe and secure. Everything. Every, everything, every, every change, everything, now you're safer, now you're more secure. Safety and security, safety and security. And, and it, it's, a, it's a false um, concept that, that's promoted at the same time by fear and worry. And, and we're, we're, we're moving more and more away from the life of adventure that God has called us to because this worry and constant worry and fear is causing us to lose perspective. We, we turn on the television and we're bombarded by every bad possible thing that could happen. And it's constant. It's constant. This country's doing this to that country. This and the economy's going to go here and this is in bad, 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 bad. Be afraid, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. Worry, 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 be afraid. Nothing good. 
And, and, and then we start going, okay, well, worry bad, everything bad. I've got to try and get secure somehow. I gotta, and then we start getting focused on trying to, to make everything safe and secure, and, and there's no life there because we, we lose perspective. We, and what happens is we keep moving more and more inward in the process. We try, and then well, if we can just get me safe and then the people around me, you know, very close, if I can get them safe and we'll all just kind of close in here and be safe. But there's no life to be found there. And see, it's, it's because we've, we've started to, to get off track. It's, what it's done is this constant bombardment has caused us to stop trusting God. We, we've lost the bigger picture. And, and so we, we end up being afraid and it's, it weakens our faith. And, and it causes us, this bombardment then, to start leaning on our own understanding and abilities to try and make everything somehow work out in our lives. And yet the scripture is, is clear that there's a different path. Philippians 4.6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In everything. Don't be anxious about anything. Now we've defined these words here before. Don't be anxious about anything. Anything means anything. But in everything, and everything means everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So, so what happens is worry and fear are the opposite of prayer and faith. And our question becomes, will we allow ourselves to be consumed by our culture and become a people of worry and fear, or will we remember what it means to be a child of God, a citizen of the kingdom, and choose to be a people of prayer and faith that live a naturally supernatural life? That's our question. Which direction are we going to go? And, and we have to be constantly reminded, see, that, that we're, we're supposed to be a people of prayer and faith, trusting in God. <clears throat> it doesn't mean that things don't happen. It's a broken planet. It's a fallen world. It is, but we don't, we don't ever have to stop trusting in God. God's not consumed with worry like we are. God's not pacing the heavens saying, I didn't see that coming. He's just not. And, and, and we, we have to settle in that, that we can trust him and we pray. And so he gives us a model, first point, don't worry, the other points will come quick. Uh, the model for radical prayer is, is what Jesus gives his disciples. And we've been talking for the last weeks and months about a radical life, the radical life that God has called us to. Um, and we've talked about, see, the radical life gets us out, that, that we don't circle the wagons. The church isn't supposed to circle the wagons and, and get safe in here. It's, it's about being out there. We're called to, to go out and tell people about Jesus, to live life that people can see is real life. And so we, we add components like radical generosity and radical hospitality uh, in order that we can present a radical message, uh, all to demonstrate the radical love of God. And, and, and so to, to do that, we, we have to become and embrace an idea of being people of radical prayer. And, and prayer has to fill up the time in our lives that worry has managed to steal away from us. So that's what I keep coming back to. Let's, let's get all that worry time, which there's an abundance of, and turn it to prayer. In fact, if we could turn 25% of that worry time to prayer and then didn't worry the rest of the time. You'd have time you wouldn't even know what to do with. It would free up hours for you every day. And so we got to get that time back. See, the enemy's stolen that away from us. And, and we need to utilize and remember some of the simple prayers we've talked about here. We did a whole series and I, was, I, I tossed to you two simple prayers that I said you really need to memorize. One of them is, oh God, oh God, oh God. Do you remember that one? That's a very good prayer. Use it. When do you use that one? 
When you're anxious, oh God, oh God, oh God. It's really good. And then this is just, I sort of think of that as a starter prayer. It gets me started. The other prayer that I told you you needed to learn was help. And again, powerful prayer. When you feel like you're over your head and things are getting a little out of control, that's when you help. And he does. Because you, you quit. See, when, when you're, you, 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 we get consumed trying to do it in ourselves instead of looking and talking to him. And so our, our prayers um, need to engage. And, and what we need to ask God to, to is do is to help us catch ourselves in fear and worry. Every time you feel it coming on you, you need to ask God to help you catch it and turn it over to him. Quick as you can. So you might have started worrying and you go, oh man, I'm worrying. I need to stop right now. Not beating myself up over it. I'm going to stop right now. Maybe you've gone 10 minutes. Maybe it's been an hour and a half, but you go, okay, no, stop. I'm not, a, I'm, not a, I'm not consumed by my culture's fear and worry. I serve a God who's above it all. And I'm a person of prayer and faith. And I'm going to change it around. And I'm going to stop that, see? And so Jesus taught his disciples this model for radical prayer. And we've gone over it and we'll continue to go over it. And, and you all know it by heart because you all know the Lord's Prayer. And it's a model for prayer. And you know it already. You just haven't been praying it. And it's not that you just say the words because that doesn't seem to work. You think of it as a model and it helps you to connect. The Lord's model prayer is this, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. This then is how you should pray, Jesus said. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, I have done a series at length about those prayers, and it's called um, Get Connected. And it's all up on the website if you want to go back and get it. I, it was, we did an entire series called Get Connected. I broke that prayer down week by week, verse by verse, and went through it. So I'm not going to do all of that today. I'm going to touch on them today. But if you want it in depth, go listen to or watch that series called Get Connected. Also, if you want to see it in action, tomorrow night we're doing a Vineyard 3030 here at 630. We've got one more event before we start changing everything inside. So we'll be back tomorrow night at 630 for a Vineyard 3030. That's um, 30 minutes of, of praise and worship followed by 30 minutes of corporate prayer using the Lord's model prayer. And, and you can see how it works in a corporate setting, and then you just apply it to your own life. Now, we pray it over about 25, 30 minutes at night. Um, in your own life, you can set whatever time you want to pray with the Lord's Prayer. And let me tell you that a lot of times, I just use it as a quick model, because I'll do the help prayer, I'll do the oh God, oh God, oh God prayer, and it's where I go next. And it's, it's just this, hey, I remember that God is a loving Father. That's what I get in my brain. So I'm getting worried or anxious. Matthew 6, 9, this is how you pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so it's just like this. I'll stop and I'll think, okay, I'm getting worried or something's got me a little unsettled. But then I think, but, but Papa, you're God. And you're, you're in control and you're in charge. And I love you. And, and I'm yours and you've got me forever. And no matter what the circumstance, I'm still yours. And, and it just gets better from here. No matter what I go through here, i got nothing but better to look forward to with you forever. And so I just start to thank him for who he is. And a lot of times, just that, just the first part of this one, settles everything right down. I just connect with my heavenly daddy. That's what Jesus tells us to do. Our father in heaven, Papa. I'm, I'm starting to get a little off track, Lord, and I'm coming back to you. 
And so I start there. Then B, the second thing is um, we're, we remember that we're supposed to try and live by doing the next right thing. Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, so we pray then, okay, God, this is a situation, and I'm, you're my daddy, and I know that, and I just want to start doing the next right thing. I don't want to worry anymore. I don't want to be afraid. I just want to do what you call me to do and step into it, whatever it looks like. And, and I'm going to follow you, and I know that you've got my moment-by-moment life. And so, Lord, let your will be done, but not mine. I pray it just like that, guys. I, just, it's just like that conversation I just had with you. I just have him with, with him. Very short, very simple. I'll often, you know, throughout the day, move through the Lord's Prayer, and I bet I move through it sometimes in under a minute. Doesn't mean it didn't count, or under two minutes, but I just start connecting back up. What, okay, our Father in heaven. Uh, your will, not mine. Well, these are really good points, right? That's why Jesus taught it. That's what makes it radical. All right, you're him, I'm not. You're in charge, I'm not. And I want to do what you want, not what I want. And then the, the C little point here, he provides for our needs. See, that's why we don't need to worry. Our physical needs, our spiritual needs, our relational needs, our, our eternal needs. Matthew 6, 11, give us today our daily bread. We're allowed to ask. So, you know, I, you know when I get to that spot, I can say, well, God, this thing's really stressing me out. A lot of times when I'm there, I'll go, but, but I don't want to just concentrate on me. I can't talk to me, but Lord, you know, I lift my family up to you, my friends, things that are happening, whatever. I bring it all to you. You take care of our needs. I lift them up to you, God. And I'm, I'm connecting with him. I'm working through this radical prayer, and it's changing me. Um, it, it, and it moves me back into the idea of forgiveness. That's D. Matthew 6, 12. Forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. And, and uh, you guys got one ahead of me. Um, so Matthew 6, 12. Forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. And so I, you know, I, I, whenever I get, I can do this all... <laughs> Uh, maybe you can't, but I can think of something I need forgiven for just about every time I pray. <laughs> and I'm praying often. And I go, okay, remember 10 minutes ago when I came? Well, now th- this, this is what I just did. <laughs> Will you forgive me again? I was just sarcastic back over there, or I was mean, or I got, you know, whatever. And, and, uh, and Lord, forgive me. And then, and then you know, uh, help me to remember anybody I haven't forgiven. And I, every, every now and again, something will happen, and I, I, instead of giving forgiveness, I'm carrying it. Because when, when it pops into my brain, my first thought isn't good. And, and so I, I, I have to process those things. And I, if it's sticking there, then I say, well, God, will you, will you help me with that? I, wanna let, I don't want to carry that around. That doesn't do me any good to carry unforgiveness around. None. Absolutely no good. So Lord, I want to keep it Sure. And then avoiding temptation, which is a big one, part of doing the next right thing. Matthew 6, 13, and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I get through here, and I talk about this all the time. I think about the armor of God when I get here. Um, and the armor of God, I have talked about at length as well. It's in one of those series, and I think it's at the end of Get Connected. But it's Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. And it says, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand... Stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and pray in the spirit. We talked about this last week on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. See, that I go through the armor and it puts me right back into prayer again which is what I started with. And now I've moved through that, and really in two or three minutes, I'm, I'm much better. Um, and if I still feel anxious, I just keep, I keep praying. 
I just keep working back to it. But I, you know, I tell you, my help or my oh God, oh God prayers triggers that I need to pray. And then working through this just quickly seems to help everything and it puts it back into perspective. And, and am I, you know, I, then I'm, I'm asking myself, am I a person of, of faith and prayer or a person of fear and worry? And, and the answer is I'm, 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 my goal is to be a person of prayer and faith and I'm moving from the other one. And that's the reality. So I, I came up with this question. Uh, I wrote a, a blog post this week on a Jesus moment and it was called, Have You Prayed Today? And, and I, I want to sort of introduce that into our conversation. And I don't, I'm, I don't want it to be tossed around as a weapon, but I want us to encourage each other with it. Hey, have you prayed today? Because if you haven't, you can, you can just say, well, not yet, but that's a good idea. Thank you. And, and you can go, oh, yeah, I have, and it's good. But I, you know, I think that, that you're going to see you know, my writing and stuff. I'm going to toss it in there. I've been putting it on my thankful five thing at the end. Have you prayed today? It's a reminder. And it's a good reminder. It's a, we all need the reminder. Have you prayed today? Because um, you should be, you should. Whenever. Often. As, and, and you know, I, I, I love it. If you've got an established prayer time, good. That's cool. Keep that up. But start working it throughout the day too. Start doing it every time you start to feel anxious or worried until, you, until we move away from it. And move in there. So um, it's, it's, see, it's once we become that, then we get radical prayer in there. We can embrace this mission God's called us to, and we don't have to get so hunkered down because we're afraid of everything. And we can just live the life He's called us to, which is a naturally supernatural life, expecting Him to move, expecting Him to lead us, expecting Him to draw people towards us who need to know about Him, and then just moving into it. And we don't have to be afraid. We just look to him to lead us and guide us and and as we do that we we take risks when he when he calls us to because you know there's there's some in, in being a person of faith there's some risk involved because sometimes they'll step you out into things where you're not completely comfortable as long as it's him you go ahead and do it and and then that'll help us to be the people of radical lives we feel called to displaying radical hospitality generosity and prayer and and sharing his radical message with a lost and fearful world and doing it all in naturally supernatural ways, which is the way Jesus did it. And it's the way he calls us to do it. Well, that's all you get from me today. And we're going to talk next week about the Word, the, the third of the resources available to us. But let's really work on this again. I want to challenge you with those thoughts, that four words. And even ask yourself, have you prayed today? If you haven't, do it. Ask yourselves early. Ask yourselves often. Have you prayed today? And let's make it a, a part of our lives, a, a, a constant part of our lives, being a people of radical prayer. Amen? Amen. If you're watching by video or on television, thank you very much. And if there's anything we can do for you, call us, write us, email us. We'll do whatever we can to help. But uh, we're going to close here with prayer today. And, uh, and so we'll say goodbye.